Dr. Abby Normals. Welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things. The podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And we are two anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. And it's episode 200. I, could, I felt like I need one of those air horns. At the, like, I wanted an echo voice, like 200, 100, 100. In my mind, that was what I sounded like. Right, right. This is an epic number to be at. It is. Over since podcasting since 2019, almost every week. We started, I think, every two weeks and, you know, holidays. Yeah, can. Holidays, mental breakdowns, those sorts of things need a little breather, but then we come back together. It's great. I mean, we have jobs that aren't Oh, yeah, no, we also work (laughs) a lot. Yeah, exactly. We do our best. And we're still here. I know. You're still here. Whoever's yeah. listening is still here. It reminded me of Blue's Clues. Oh. Steve talking to people. That's that was right. heartwarming. Good. You're still You're here. You're still here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Gosh. I know. What do you, what do you what say? I don't know. What okay. Is. I was hoping it wasn't saying like, everything you're doing is wrong and this is not working. <laughs> so it doesn't say that. Well, I'm going to let you go first because uh, I've been flying solo recently. So You have been. Okay, so I picked a topic um, that came up because of being in Oregon recently. So I was trying to find kind of an Oregon-y type topic. Yeah. But I've also been gone a couple of weeks, which means I really wanted to like do something a little... A little grittier, so I'm I'm doing bring the grit, bring some murder. Okay, I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Yes. Really? Because I did not. You didn't bring the murder to episode 200. I know. We'll get we'll get to it. Okay. 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 So I'm going to talk about the happy face killer. Oh, right. His name is Keith Hunter Jesperson. I guess other just person. There's an S in there, um, and uh, there there was a film in 2014 called The Happy Face Killer. I've not heard of it. Me, I hadn't either. So uh, he's currently in an Oregon penitentiary, serving life. So okay. let's talk about him. He was born in 1955. Uh, you want to see his face? Yes. Uh, so he's a Canadian American. So I believe a. Um, was hair he's got good hair i'll give him the good hair i'll give him that okay sure you can do that for sure um so i found him interesting because there was actually some like background around childhood and things where we've talked a lot about serial killers and we'll be like yeah we don't know or there just isn't very much information Mm -hmm. maybe just how long ago it was or how isolated they were he actually has quite a bit of information. So, Ooh, we so can, we're going to be we able to like, talk about psychological hacks. Why? Because that's what I'm always interested right, in. Right, right, right. Like, how do people get to that point? So just a brief overview. This was during the early 1990s that they found, um, confirmed eight women that he killed. In Oregon. Um, this was, I believe, a mix of Washington and Oregon. But um, so... That being said, he claims to have killed 160, but only eight have been found. And I think the charges are only around those eight. And we'll we'll talk about maybe for the why he might say that when our, in our analysis. Okay. Okay. Break it down. So many of the victims were sex workers or transient women, no connection to him. 
um, which again kind of goes away from that mass murder. Like you made me angry, so I'm gonna kill people. It's no, it's connected. Uh, often it's convenient, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Strangulation was his preferred method of murdering. Um, and it's the same method he often used to kill animals as a child. Oh, right there. That's, uh, but didn't you debunk the trifecta in a different podcast topic? The trifecta being, so not saying that those aren't risk factors, potentially, but it's like the trifecta meaning like if you have these things together, that somehow means you're more statistically likely. And that's not true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I but mean, each on their own is still each on their factor. own are considered like considerations for, let's say, childhood trauma and neglect, which for some and a very small percentage could lead to potentially harming more others. Right. Um, but having those things doesn't mean you will be a murderer. Okay. I still can't get, let it go, though. I know. I still park up. I'm like, oh, we like, got oh, one. We got one. <laughs> yeah. Two left. <laughs> Which is probably not the way to go. <laughs> so, okay. So his first victim was Tanya Bennett. Uh, her body was found, but there was a ton of media attention because Laverne, a woman who... She, there was this woman who falsely confessed to have killed her, saying that her boyfriend was abusive and he asked her to like help. I don't know. For whatever reason, this lady was like, I killed her, which took the spotlight off of the serial killer or not yet the first killer at first kill of the killer. And he reported being upset that he didn't get any media attention. So he drew a smiley face on a bathroom wall hundreds of miles away from the scene and wrote an anonymous letter confessing to the murder, uh, providing proof. uh, He didn't even get a response, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. Like he's trying to brand himself and nobody cares. Nobody cared. And that's where I want to start the story is nobody cares. (laughs) And that, I mean, this could have been solved day one, I think. Like, here, this first murder, if people cared. Did people not care because it was a sex worker? And like, Well, I think that. People think they're throwaway people in society? I think that, and there was already someone, claim, they already had someone. They had their perpetrator, this other woman, and how scandalous okay. is that? I can imagine this guy getting really mad. Right. So then. And so that escalated things, probably. So... A bit, <laughs> because ultimately then what happens was he um, he then started writing just letters to media and authorities until finally they started like, like getting interested. Right. I want to know how many letters. They didn't tell me that. Like, how many times did it take? Other serial killers, I mean, this isn't the first time. I know, like, we've, we've talked about the Zodiac that. Killer, uh, BTK, like, I think they're people. Like, is it a cry for help? They'd like write the newspapers. A cry to be seen. I'm going to murder until you stop. Me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. And they want to create a game. Mm-hmm. So if nobody's playing their game, they need to. Then what's like, the point? Yeah. And his very last victim is ultimately what got him captured. Um, so. We'll talk about that. But he's in life. Life. He is serving life without parole. Okay. Let's talk early childhood for, okay. for just good first. And, okay. 
he uh they were born in british columbia canada the he was the middle child with two brothers uh, and two so sisters that's it right there middle child the jam quadrifecta 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 uh his father was a domineering alcoholic again a pattern we've seen we've talked about um the domineering part i think is you know probably means abusive Probably. I don't know what domineering otherwise would mean I in mean, this context. At least emotionally abusive. Right, right. Okay. At a minimum. Mm-hmm. At, a, at a minimum. Uh, his paternal grandfather was prone to violence. Uh, his father denied being an abusive parent. However, investigation, um, the, Jack Olson, an author, did his own investigation, and he said he was able to confirm some of the claims of abuse from other family members. So... He was treated like an outcast and a black sheep by his own family. He was teased by kids. Why in was that? Because he was. They said he had, had a large size for his age. Like tall or like wide or. I I mean like when you look at his you looked at his picture like I'm wondering if it was just maybe. Baby fat or something. I don't know because they just said large for his uh, age for his young age. So you shunned somebody for that. I guess everybody did. Wow. Well, that's making me think more wide than tall. Maybe. I agree. Yeah. Because there is that, you know, he was, stigma in society. He was reported being a lonely child, so probably. Like, not many friends. Um, he did start killing and torturing animals at a young age. Uh, so he moved from Canada then to uh, Salem, Washington. I think that's how you said it. Uh, he had trouble fitting in, making friends because of, again, quote, his large size. I don't understand that. I don't understand either. Is it? I wonder if I can kind of like a yearbook photo. Is it like fat stigma? I don't know. Large size bothers me. But just the verbiage. I'm going to look into What was that book? I the... Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was, remember Willy Wonka? Oh. That when it got revised, they took out all the words fat. And right. I think they replaced it with large size. But that really is nondescript. It's it really nondescript doesn't give you a picture. And it's confusing about the intent. Like, okay, large size. Right. Because that would give us information if it's because he's overweight. Like, okay, this is probably that stigma that's in society. Like, it makes sense. Okay. So does this help? His brother would nickname or nicknamed him I Igor. Igor, Igor from Frankenstein. That doesn't help. But that means he's like hunched over and like. But the, what is a large hump? But like to me, that's not like. But I didn't see. I don't know. Does he have? Is he like hunch? They said it stuck throughout school years. Scoliosis. They said it was shy, played by himself. You know, people get, are calling him Igor. He would get in trouble or Ig, Ig for short. Uh, he would often get in trouble for behaving badly, um, sometimes violently. Uh, he would be severely punished by his father for this. Okay. So I'm feeling like it was there's also a physical abuse probably there. Well, according to him, he did say that there was beatings, uh, sometimes with a belt, in front of other people. And in one case, he received, shameful, then. he received an electric shock. What? Yeah. Like, How? We don't know. I don't know. My mom had me touch an electric horse fence once as a joke, so maybe. What does that feel like? I might list that off at some point in a future book. <laughs> what does it feel like? 
I fell backwards to the ground. That was super powerful then. Well, it's meant to keep, keep a horse inside. I, I, a horse. I didn't know if it was like, is it a zap? Or is it like, ah! I mean, it's a, it's a very shocking and like, it kind of makes you like almost hold tighter, which makes it worse. Oh. So you have to like, ah. Because you yeah. get stuck to it. I mean, not like, it's not like Jurassic Park level. Okay. <laughs> Maybe like a tenth of Jurassic Park. Like I didn't fly back with my hair go. Do you think it's an urban legend? That if you pee on electric fence, you get electrocuted. Like the electric. Well, it goes with water. Go up the stream. I feel like we're Sarah. Where's Sarah? Sarah could be looking this up for us. Sarah. I don't Our looker upper has abandoned us. I don't know. I that feels important to know. It's like it does. when you grow up, you learn a lot about like how to not die in quicksand. And I feel like that's never become useful to me in my adult life. No. That and like stop, drop, and roll hasn't either. For some people, it does. Just I have never life. encountered um, quicksand. Me neither. Ever. Me neither. And I have never um, been on fire. Me neither. Like whole body on fire, stop, no. drop, and roll. Where they, like, and I practiced that in elementary school. Everybody with, did. With everybody. Because it was just expected that you'd burst into flames at some point in your life. I know. I was scared. It was prioritized. I was scared about it. <laughs> that and quicksand. Quicksand scary. I'm like, okay, so you hold still. Like, at what rate do you still continue to sink? Can you read? Like. Yeah. You don't want to struggle. No. That was the take home. Because don't it, struggle. Because it starts to fill in the void. And I, I, so I went, oh, maybe I have experienced this. So quick, quick mud. Oh. So in, on the <laughs> on the coast, there's like a, a beach and I've gone like oyster and clam digging. But when the tide goes out, some of the areas are really like muddy. Oh, and wow. my boot went in once, and like the suction, we pulled my boot, like pulled off. Your foot came out, and your boot stayed. Right, because it started went up to like mid calf to a scary level of I don't want to be stuck here. Did you struggle? Did you panic? Uh, yeah, yeah. So all that that lesson water, didn't pours, stick. The water pours in, and then it creates. It didn't work. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't work at all. Maybe because they never said mud. They didn't. They said sand. Yeah, which my, to my, in my mind is a completely different thing. A hundred percent. It's granular. Different. I would never expect that mud to do to, what it is. Okay. All right. Tinge gentle. It's a solid distraction for kids. So like distract them from what's really important like i know but i feel like i should have learned how to write a check better than i did learn how to stop drop and roll <laughs> or like how to fill out an application for a job i have singed my hair but that didn't I've, require I burnt rolling my i burnt my bangs at yeah, that's what i did like you know it's like smoking weed in the wind in high school it was that and i'll say like Nope. <laughs> I might have even done an eyebrow a little bit at that point. Ooh, that could be a look, though. <laughs> that could be a look. All right, all right, all right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So that desire of um, strangulation, which he did to animals, uh, he it was as young as five years old is when that was. He started to capture animals and torture them. Do you think it's because he was being abused? So it's like, okay, now I need to kind of reenact this 
on a vulnerable maybe, victim or maybe like on a more subconscious level i mean like a five-year-old that's pretty young no definitely subconscious because yeah. yeah. like he said he reported enjoying watching other animals kill each other too like yeah. they're biting which i haven't heard that before interesting um so, so there's already an early fascination with death mm-hmm. in a violent way either watching it happen or making it happen mm-hmm. he'd capture birds stray cats and dogs around the trailer park where he lived with his family he would severely beat them and then strangle them to death i uh, he claimed that his father was proud of him for that oh which i could I, my mind goes to like maybe they're like a nuisance in the area and the dad's like oh yeah i get Rid of that. Yeah, you know, like I could see like those feral them. cats or yeah, like they're just pests or you know, they smell raccoons, flea ridden like your new wallet. <laughs> Macy got a cool raccoon wallet. He did not catch a raccoon, just that would be a whole feat, I'm sure. Could you imagine? Like <laughs> you get bit for sure. You get bit. Yep. Don't um, fuck with raccoons. No, no. They're thick, they're scary. I don't, what noise does raccoon make? <laughs> oh, I missed you. Okay. Uh, in the years following that, he said he often thought about what it would be like to do the same thing to humans. Okay. So from a young age. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. This desire. That's a really young age. I know. Uh-huh. So that desire turned into two attempted murders. The first happened when he was at age 10. What? He was friends with a boy named Martin. The two would get in trouble together. Um, he claimed he was often punished many times for things that Martin had done and shifted the blame to him. Martin's got to go. <laughs> so uh, this led to him violently attacking Martin till his father pulled him away. He later claimed his intention was to kill him. Oh, those witnesses. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's probably was probably a learning experience for him, but not in like I want to do better. But okay, this is how I get away with it. Well, and at a certain point too, it's like I want to kill him. People say those things, but don't often mean it. Right. Like, what did he did? Just like jumped on and hitting him. Or if I had actually killed everyone, I've said I want to kill them. I would be the world would be a lesser place. There'd be. Less population, and I would be in prison. <laughs> but you know the environmental impact would be less footprints. Would be great. Yeah. yeah, I mean less cars on the road, right? That's what everyone wants. Um, better air yeah. in California, maybe. Okay. The purge ideas are too far off base, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of. I mean, it's I'm a fascinating sorry to say, idea. It's kind of what happened during COVID. It's sort of a dead, lot of people except died. It wasn't a very sad. It wasn't as way. much fun. Like you the purge know. is like an event. I mean, have you seen the movies? Have you seen pharmaceutical companies? They seem like they had a blast during COVID. So and and continue, I think. Oh yeah, you know, I still hear the hear Moderna, Moderna commercials on the radio. If anyone listens to the radio. well, this is a tie into my topic. So oh great, good. Um, okay, let's see here. A year later. He was swimming in a lake and another boy held him underwater until he blacked out. Not okay. Also attempted murder. (laughs) Uh, So 
Later, while in public school with him, he uh, then attempted to drown that same boy by holding his head under the water until a lifeguard pulled him out. So it happened to him, and then he then did it. And I feel like I don't even want to pathologize that incident, because that could be any kid any day. Like, you try to drown me, I'm going to try to drown you. No, and that's how I kind of felt about the first one, too. It's like, okay, well... Saying that you're going to kill someone and, like, being pulled off by your parent. Yeah, it's like a fight. Yeah, like, was there a knife? Were you strangling him? Like, what level? Was there stabbing? If you try to drown me, then it's fair game at that point. Like, I know. And if you're in water near me, it's just you or me. It's, yeah, those are the, them's the rules. Them's the rules. We do not condone violence of any kind, nor do anything or say anything that we... We have a disclaimer now. We're covered. Oh, it's on the thing? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we just talk. <laughs> We're just shooting the shit. It's fine. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> okay, so several years after that, uh, he, so around 14 years old, um, he reported that he was raped he graduated high school in 1973. He didn't attend college because his father didn't believe he could do it. Ah, this dad. Although Jesperson was not successful with girls in high school. He reported he was raped, though? Yes. And that was just, like, kind of brushed over. So I don't know. I mean, for a teenage boy to Admit report that, that like... Right. That's pretty significant, I think. At the age of 14, too. That's yeah. that's like, you know, barely freshman year. Right. I mean, I feel like that was a cry for help, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Missed opportunity? Um, well, and with the girl, like, it's interesting, too, that he still struggled in high school, like, with girls at all. He didn't go well, to has a hump. school down- dances or proms, um, but he did get that a relationship. Be- Got in the way socially. In 1975. Teenagers are judgy. He was 20 in his first relationship. Well, glad he got some. And oh, so he he married Rose Huck, and the couple had three kids. Okay. I mean, right, right. Shabam. 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 Two daughters, one son. He worked as a truck driver to support the family. Okay, gotta like being alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very isolated. Very. I've always said I have the soul of a long haul truck driver. <laughs> I could do that. I, I saw I'm some totally interesting truck drivers alone. on my drive back from Oregon. Like, there's some interesting truck stops. But I understand there. the language of truck drivers too. Like, I can. Yeah, I get the lingo. We're, we're together as one with our <sighs> headlight flashing and our lane changing. There was this one truck driver that was it was like late at a truck stop and kind of a I I mean disheveled look I'll say probably was gonna use one of the showers there or not I'm just saying <laughs> and he had this little tiny puppy like a little teacup baby puppy chihuahua under his oh, arm of this big trucker guy that looked super disheveled and grumpy. And the lady behind the counter is like, oh, I was talking to the puppy. And he just kept saying, no, no. And that, and this lady wouldn't stop, like, talking about the puppy. I'm like, he's clearly going to hurt you. <laughs> <If> you <laughs> it, up. it was very interesting. 
Yeah. And, and truck stops are some like some of my favorite places in the entire world. Oddly enough. Because you can get anything there. Anything. No, that's true. I bought a, anything. I bought a car phone holder that is amazingly and it's made for truckers because it goes up and it yeah. turns and it's like like, why don't they sell this in stores? Oh my, and no, you have to go to the truck stop. You do. You was amazing. Um, and it was fairly cheap. Was no, I, I walk into there and like, like, oh, the angels start singing, Maybe like the, the lights come on. And cheese burritos. And, and, and you, can get, you can get clothing, you can get a shower, any kind of weird tech they can't get in a normal store. Like you said, you can get like uh, a seat cover warmer like a butt massager warmer right these are things that everybody needs in their life but most it, people most people but you have to like go to these to magical go places right and sometimes use the bathroom one day i just completely disappears because i've become a truck driver okay that's not what i'll assume <laughs> i'll assume that you were taken by a truck driver <laughs> Because you have a bad habit of putting yourself in bad situations. And then when I used to hitchhike as a teenager, I did spend an uncomfortable amount of time in a semi-truck. I don't think I've ever been in a semi-truck. I feel like that's a life achievement, really, at my age. No, it was really awkward because I'm like, okay, this guy may murder me, may rape me. I don't know. Probably one of the two. So I did like a get out, but. I, I was there for Quickly, a long time. In a hurry. Well, <laughs> you know, chased. a couple of hours down the road when there was an opportunity. A little further down. <laughs> when there was a stop and an opportunity, I had to get out. Mm-hmm. Was he like looking at you? Like... No, it was just really weird. It was one of those ones that have like the whole bed in the back. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. And no, we no. stopped. No, 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 no. I'm just like getting from A to B. Like there was no reason to stop. To be fair, they have to sleep. Yeah, but right in the middle of my journey? No. I mean, so you I started, have to sleep in it. And I was just like, what is going on? Like, are we leaving? Like, what's happening? And I kind of had the feeling like, oh, he wanted me to get back in the bed with him. But I'm like, not wasn't about that. No, don't do that. And ever. so I just sat and I'm like, I need to go. So I did get out. And thankfully, the doors were locked. So yeah. I did have that moment. I'm like, what if I can't get out? I mean, I think they, so make, did get out. they make most car doors where you can manually unlock it. I think for that reason. Yeah, but if this was like a serious, you know, killer or rapist, they might have like, Ooh, yeah, like tried them. To, where you take the little knob off where the popper. So I did have that moment when I'm like, I'm just going to get out. <laughs> so I was like, like, but don't tell them ahead of time so you can like. No, I didn't because he was like back in the bed. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah, of course he thought you were going back there. I have somewhere to be. He's like, you you owe me, which you're lucky you weren't murdered. Okay. I have so many experiences like that. I wait for my book. Believe that. I can't wait. Is it done yet? No. No. Five years from now, I'll get to read the book. It's a slow process because I have to like do a whole psychological thing where I put myself back in that place. Yeah. So I can't just like, oh, pop on, do 10 minutes. I have to like immerse myself for hours. I have a I sometimes I'll remember like a period of my life, even like a couple years and like it doesn't even feel real like it was so long ago and that was such a like exactly. me in a weird different place. Yeah, and I have to put myself yeah. in there. I can't be like looking back. I have to be like in it. Whoops! I can. I yeah. Half the time I'm like I don't 
would never put myself in that position or in that whatever now yet maybe perhaps I, don't know. I, I, I feel like I haven't changed as much so as I'd like to think I have. <laughs> right his wife said she began to suspect hey, he was having an affair with what think a strange women would start calling Wait, why are they calling? Right, they were calling. I don't know. There was tension in the marriage. Uh, after 14 years, they were together. He was on the road. Um, she packed up her stuff and her kids and drove 200 miles away to live with her parents in... Oregon? Spokane, Washington. What? The oldest child, Melissa, was 10. And he continued to spend time with his children when he was in town and the couple divorced in 1990. So he came to Spokane frequently. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. In the 90s? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those 90, they got divorced in 1990. So, yeah. I'm going to look at his face again. Do yeah. I know him? Was he the truck driver that he rode? <laughs> oh, we'll circle back. Okay. 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 So at age 35, he was six feet tall. Large. Six foot seven, six foot seven inches. Six foot seven. Uh-huh. That's really tall. And that's like look can look over your fence tall. I don't like people looking over. <laughs> and he weighed approximately two hundred fifty-five pounds. Okay, so he's large and tall. Large and tall. At, at like wide and thirty-five. So you know, he joined the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Oh, wow. Like on Rocky and Bull. Right. Uh, but he had an injury. He suffered while training, and that ended. So then he started working as a truck driver again, and he relocated to Spokane, Washington. Cheney, Washington. What? Right up the road, right? I know. Where year was this? <laughs> this Do we know, know him. <laughs> oh, God. I like in him. the 90s? This would have been early nineties. So he was, yeah, yeah, early nineties. Oh, he sought work again. Oh, I already said okay. So he realized that his job afforded him the opportunity to kill without being suspected. So here is so 1993 is the this is the facial reconstruction of the unidentified woman found um who he stated was named Carla or Cindy. He couldn't remember. She was identified as a 45-year-old Patricia. <laughs> Skipple in 2022. Like that was recent. They just recently wow. ID'd her. And that's where is she from? Like here? Like she? So that was in near Portland, where because he was okay. able to drive far away. Ah, so is it like this really works out for me? Okay. So Tanya Bennett, sorry, Tanya Bennett was near Portland. Um, he introduced himself to her to her at a bar, invited her to a house he was renting. Um, he got in an argument with her and he strangled her to death with his hands and disposed of her body. Mm. I wonder what that fight was about. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe about her not being strangled. Um, but the wife got out though. I feel like that's gone. Mm-hmm. kind of different than some of these cases where the wife has no idea or maybe sort of somehow thinks right. something's going on but stays she felt like there was cheating happening which there was it sounds like there really was cheating happening too well he's probably like on the road paying for sex work all over the place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like which he's like, like this is my yeah yeah this is my opportunity because mm-hmm. i'm on the road i'm in and out like they're not gonna be able to track me so that um 
the woman I showed you the picture of, that was in 1992, so a year before um, that one was found in Blythe, California. Never heard of it. Okay. Um, it's a small town. So a month later in Turlock, California. Do you know Turlock? Never heard of it. Me neither. Must be a small town. Um, that's where he the body was found. So he claims that she was a sex worker who entered his truck at a truck stop while he slept. Why does it sound like exactly what I just said? <laughs> I how many times have I said I should be dead or in prison? It's not a lot. I'm not exaggerating. It's actually no, true. You're not. His fourth victim was another sex worker named Lori Ann Pentland of Salem, Oregon, who was found in November of 1992, and. Um, he said that she attempted to double the fee that she charged for the sex he had been having with her. So he's just blaming. At this she point. threatened to call the police and then he strangled her. I mean, I don't really believe what he's saying at this point. I believe that she probably threatened to call the police and I believe that he Because was he was being there. creepy. And then I believe that he strangled Weird. her. He yeah, was, I believe that. Yeah. Um, I don't believe like his stories of like, oh, they just caught in my truck or Yeah, no, who they were trying to screw me over on Trust me, uh nobody just sneaks into somebody's sleeping bed in the truck. No, no, nobody That's does that. Common... We're not it's not taught to us like quicksand. Also, or... it's probably locked. Like you probably lock your, your cab. I imagine Probably. if you're if you're sleeping in there, you might. You're not going to just leave it unlocked at the truck stop. That seems really mm -hmm. stupid. Correct. Yeah. Nineteen ninety three killed his next victim. Uh, in Santa Nella, California. Again, no. never. Heard she was previously unidentified. It's Patricia Skripple. Skripple. So I'm thinking he's intentionally going to these lesser known towns. So that body that was found in Crespi, Florida. He drove all the way across the country? Right. With her body in the truck. Well, maybe he didn't have killed her yet. Maybe. Maybe he maybe. was like, yeah, that's a good point. you're so going to be my and I'll pay you. They originally thought it was a drug overdose, which again goes back to that maybe police not doing a fully good job because she was a sex worker and just assumed drugs. We see this over and over. It's a travesty. Like, uh, people are people pretty easy to tell someone's been strangled because of bruising collapsed tracheas like it's it's, it's very vulnerable yeah. so that obviously is wrong um and again who's wrong her name was not carla or cindy it was suzanne just to be clear uh well the ladies may have also given false names fair point because fair a point. lot of sex workers That's, don't use um, their real name that makes, that makes sense they're going to come gone, up with a more... He might have gone through her wallet. Names, like, if she had a wallet on her. Which she might not have, actually. Because that would make sense to not. If in case she got picked up for something. There's, yeah, it seems like there's some lines to it. I feel like that's a future podcast topic. I, I think you would not keep much of value on you. Probably not, yeah. That's like when... <laughs> When I, uh, yeah, there's certain places I'll go into and I'm like, I'm going to keep this in the glove box in my car. <laughs> yeah. Do I need my whole wallet? Probably not. No, Probably I'm not. just taking my ID in one card. I can cancel if I get missing. I want my chapstick and my debit card. That's I, it. Yeah, I need my credit cards in case. Yeah. Later. Okay, so da, 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 he was arrested in 
1995 for the murder of Julie Winningham. Uh, he had been questioned by police a week before, but they had no grounds to arrest him after he refused to talk. In the days following, he decided that he was certainly going to be arrested and after two suicide attempts, turned himself in, hoping it would be, he'd get like leniency. Okay. Why that one? Like what was, was there just like evidence and they, there wasn't any other cases? Um, That one, yeah, I believe it was, um, actually, I think they... Let me see. I might get to that because I think okay. I've had it down below. Um, so they, while in custody, he started talking about the killings, though, and claimed a ton of others, which they never found. He later, like, took back some of those. Oh, yeah. You said at the beginning that he Instead claimed, of, like, over 100 people. Yeah, like, I think it was actually, I think it's 160, but I think it was close to 180 that he claimed. Wow. So, but a few days before his arrest, he had written a letter to his brother where he confessed to killing eight people over the course of five years. So they kind of leaned into that, reopened old cases. There are a lot of old cases that look like they could be possible victims, mm -hmm. but there isn't enough evidence to know. Uh, so... Only eight women were killed in Washington, Oregon, California, Florida, Nebraska, and Wyoming. Those were all the states where they lived, were confirmed. Uh, he is serving three consecutive life sentences. In September of 2009, he was indict in, indicted in Riverside County, California on murder charges. He was extradited in 2009. He was convicted of another murder and received a fourth life sentence in January of 2010. Do you know anything about any other women? Well, so just to kind of back up on the timeline, remember the the woman who claimed to have murdered the first one? Mm -hmm. So I kind of was looking at like, why, why that, first of all? Um, so she saw it in the news mm. and she was in a very abusive relationship and she saw it as an opportunity to end the relationship um, by giving a false confession and saying that he forced that her abusive boyfriend forced her to um, help him rape, murder and dispose of her body. So it was a completely unrelated, okay. but like, here's a chance to escape and have him. Yeah. yeah. And um, they were both arrested in 1990. They both were convicted and to avoid the death penalty. She pled uh, no, con no contest, no contest. Uh, he he no was sentenced to life in prison and she was sentenced to no less than 10 years. But then um, hmm. the entire story she said later was made up. Um, her claims were ignored and it took five years after the conviction uh, for them to be released from prison. Interesting. Right. Which like that's the was it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, five years in prison, that doesn't sound fun. No. So they were released from prison after Jesperson and his attorney offered his confession, confession sorry, and evidence of his guilt. He had given police officers the location of the victim's purse. The purse had not been found at the crime scene, and its location was considered information only the killer would know. And then that got them released. Huh. Could you imagine, like, you're, like a scorned ex 
throwing you under the bus. Like, like he had nothing to do. Okay. Abusive. Yeah. But still, like, he had no idea. And all of a sudden, he's blamed for a murder. No, it's scary what c- people can say about you. And innocent until proven mm-hmm. guilty is not a real thing. No, that doesn't. Every story we've done every that has never story, been the case yeah. at all. No one's ever been innocent first. Everybody is guilty. And even if they are proven innocent, they're still sometimes guilty for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fucked up. Anybody right. can say anything about anything. Like that, um, the. The one that you did, the axe. Uh, no, this one I did. The <laughs> that's what happens when you've got uh, two hundred episodes. And almost finished my wine after <laughs> my topic. The uh, the one that you just did, the serial where they they blamed her. All of the kids that she killed of her children, her children. Oh, 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 yeah. And like, yeah. there's a husband involved the whole time, but like, no one's That's right. Point. The Munchausen case, which I don't think it actually was Munchausen. No. After we dissected it, I think it was something Agreed. else. So, the happy, he's called the happy face killer. Um, All of those things he sent to the media, he put a happy face on them. So, what's that about? Kind of went, it, it was just his way of getting attention because he did it on the bathroom thing. So he had to like, link it but like in his mind, he's choosing that. He didn't say the happy face killer, the media did. But why a happy face though? Because he wasn't happy. Right. Maybe that's why this made him happy. Oh, now I'm happy. Maybe. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not him. I didn't I, I guess do it. I'm trying to get in the set. I, th- I feel like. There's a very like sad, lonely. He's obviously like maybe physically made fun of, yeah. isolated. His dad was abusive. I'm wondering if that report of being, um, of the sexual abuse, you know, was that had that been an ongoing thing? Was it family? We don't know. Yeah. But yeah, because what we know with like harming animals and stuff, that's not typically something that would just someone's born and they have an urge to kill animals that way it's typically neglect trauma sexual abuse things like that so his daughters um one of his daughters actually in 2008 was on dr phil oh yeah my nemesis he was a topic i believe he was a topic Mm -hmm. that was your topic yeah i hate him she she also went on the well. <laughs> she also went on the Oprah Winfrey show uh, and then she was on the network series Monsters in My Family on the 2020 special and Crime Watch Daily so she like Can very you imagine publicly. if her parent was a serial killer how that would impact you <laughs> <laughs> pretty up. badly pretty badly I'm I sure. don't know if I'd go on the talk show circuit about it right. but I would be impacted um, she also published a book called Shattered Silence but it doesn't sound like she was too silent same. It seems like she probably made some money off this too. Seems like she was pretty vocal. Um, and in the 1990s, her parents got divorced. She noticed her father was different. She reported when she was in elementary school, their house bordered an apple orchard. Um, and she said that he killed stray cats and gophers that wandered nearby. One day she watched horrified as he hung stray kittens from a family clothesline. What? She ran to her mother, and when they got back, the kittens were on the ground dead, and he watched and laughed as the kittens clawed each other to escape, and then he killed them. 
In March 2018, she was featured in an episode titled called Put on a Happy Face, another docuseries. How Stuff Works, she went on there uh, to a podcast episode uh, called Happy Face. And then she was on an iTunes in 2021 for a true crime thing called Life After Happy Face. So, like, she's all over the place for... I mean, maybe it's therapeutic for her to talk about it. But, like, there were other kids. <laughs> just wanted to say. Right? There were. There were two others. Yeah, so, um, if you want my math skills. I do, because I forgot. <laughs> so, the Happy Face Killer, there's a, movie, a film out. There's a lot of things that you can go watch and get kind of more family-type perspective. But that... Uh, it's a happy face pillar with truck bed stories that relate to your life somehow. I'm disturbed by the connections to uh, your personal. Not just me personally, but like he was like here in our town, right? And like lived in Cheney, that's like right outside of Airman Heights. There. Uh, well, he'd be driving kill people. It didn't say they killed anyone from Spokane. It was all. But we don't know. He said he killed a whole bunch of people. I know, but part of me because of that like, timeline directly it, overlaps with fucking Robert Yates. It does. Well, most of the serial killers, serial killers in the 90s and a lot of the West Side folks came to Spokane. The That's, Green River Killers. Yeah, I think I said that the Green River Killer one. Like people are born on the West. Serial killers are born on the West because they come to live on, in Spokane. <laughs> we have great housing prices, or we used to. It's Not a, anymore. It's still better than the West Coast, considered like comparable, please. So I think when people, you know, confess to stuff, we do have to sort of listen, you know. Well, and like, why don't we? <laughs> I mean, I I do, but I'm not, you know, a detective. I mean, neither are they really. Then. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> Is that not a clue? Did we not talk about these clues? Like. Clues, clues. You gotta look at the clues. You gotta oh, everything. You gotta throw your biases out the door. Well, you gotta look at the empirical fucking evidence. So, well, and I think that one of the things that is a disservice based on our system is the whole case file concept of open and closed. Well, and people get a lot of accolades when they close a case, too. Right, right, right. So are they too eager at times? To close it um, or solve it. But it's also like just the concept of close means we're done. Yeah. But it's not done if it's not solved. Right. It's never done unless it's solved. So so any new information, they're never going to look at it because it's not an open case. No, it takes a lot to reopen a case. What does like it take? a family has to really? I have to look at this now. Provide what does it take to open a case? Well, you have to really provide like good evidence that it was called a cold case. It, it needs dark. to be reopened. Like a cold case is like a dead case. That's dark. <laughs> they use that all the time. They right, but cold cases aren't closed necessarily. They just well, may not be. Is a closed? They may be like just not um, actively being looked into because there isn't any new information one avenue for reopening a case is the emergence of new and significant evidence that was not available during the original proceedings this evidence must have the potential 
to substantially alter an outcome of the yeah, case. Yeah, you have to go to court and present your new evidence to get a case Nobody wants to go to court. And you'd have to be considered, uh, what's it called? Like um, like a good witness. Or like, not a good witness, but a... You have to have good evidence. Well, like if you were one of the sex workers that slept with him during that time and he threatened you, would your statement have just as much weight? I don't know it's just a statement. I think there'd have to be like more to it. Unfortunately, I, you know, eyewitness. Oh my gosh, there's like a U.S. court open. There's like a whole thing. Reopen a closed case motion filing. There's a fee. You have to pay a fee. Yeah. How much is the fee? Um, okay, so to file a notice of motion for order without a hearing, um, money, 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 they don't say, they just say the fee. I mean, why should that cost money when you think about it? I know, like, these poor families, like, they haven't, haven't they already? They've suffered enough. Filing fees, I'm going to find this. Abbreviated think. fee schedule. Holy shite. Okay. So there's different chapters like of legal things to reopen. Like an average. <laughs> Apparently, if you're a family farmer, it's $278. Wait, if you're a family farmer? I have no idea. That's the parentheses around it. If it's a chapter 11, it's $1,738 to reopen a case. The chapter seven is $338. If it's a, oh, those are new petitions. A case reopening. What if it's murder? Is $1,167. For murder? I mean, if it's three of the five chapters that are listed here, then yes. I don't know what these chapters mean. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think if you present the evidence, I um... mean, Mm-hmm. I guess nothing's free anymore. Or ever. An appeal is $298. <laughs> Do you want to? There you go. Everything that, like, I'm, I'm honestly, like, everything, like, hey, I need records of what was sent by the attorney from the other people. No, every, have you not ever been to court? $64. Everything costs I've money. never been to court. Oh, my God. I've never I've been to Court. I've spent my entire life savings twice in my life. Search of court records, $32. Once when my dog was sick, I spent my entire life savings. Oh, I almost did that too. I did that. I I did. I, I spent did. everything. Um, and the other time was <laughs> helping Skylar go to court to get a, a oh, parent. Right, everything costs money. Every text to the attorney. Every little thing. Every email, every so phone gross. call, everything filed, everything is billed by the fucking hour. So a closed case means that the case will not go to court. So this happens in cases where the prosecution service does not believe they have the evidence required to obtain a conviction. In some situations, you'll be able to claim compensation if you're not formally charged. So if you get sent to court and you pay those fees and you're not actually charged, you could get that money back. Just saying. I've never seen anyone I just get learned, any money back. I just learned that. Well, if you're convicted by, or if someone else tries to, you know, force you into court and they don't have evidence and you pay court fees. Yeah, I've not experienced that happening. Did you try through this process? Did 
that there was all in writing. Like, it, 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 no, no, no. Do you fill out the form? If it's well, that podcast more money. It's oh yeah, no. There's forward. a thirty-two dollar form to get your. I mean, it's at that point you just back away and you're like, fuck it, done. Yeah. So I knew this was our two hundredth two hundredth episode. Did I knew you? that. This is a strong can of wine. I knew that. This is our classic Rainbow Pride House Wine. Which drank we already vetted is an actual supporter of LGBT. Yes, it's legit. Around, Good job, House Wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, wow, I want to do something really cool. Maybe like a murder something. Um, like a truck stop happy face killer murder? Something. But you want to know what I landed on? I do actually. I'm pretty sure you know. Cell phones about to die. Um, I landed. I can't wait to find out where you landed. Having an issue with the court. I... Oh, you mean the fact that you wrapped your table leg? You see, it's like wrap. Like I'm having an issue with the cable cord. <laughs> okay. I don't. <laughs> I see you put me next to the thing. Uh, I just instantly had a like uh, I forgot it existed behind me this whole time. I landed on um having a discussion with you. Good. About the sense of smell. I'm excited about that. I just recently talked about cilantro and how there's like a genetic thing that people <laughs> taste so the cilantro. I know. That's weird. I love cilantro. I ate it like salad. Okay. So have you ever had a smell instantly bring back a memory? Yes. Do you want to share or no? No, because I've had one. I don't remember. Okay. But I know that I have. I have not had that experience, to be honest. I I, and let me rephrase. Not like a full-on flashback. Not like that. But this this is common with people. I would say more like a like. For whatever reason, I feel a feeling when I smell something that takes me back. Okay. That's going to get into it. I want to talk about cool. Yeah. But that's really people report smelling things and instantly having a memory. I don't have that. But uh, uh, I can't eat most goat cheese do. without thinking of 4-H and the goat burn. Okay. There's that. I mean, that's, I think that's in line with what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Makes me gag a little. So smell and memory, what you were just talking about, they're closely connected in the brain because of the way the brain's anatomy is. Mm -hmm. So we have, I think we have more than five senses, but let's just talk about the basic five. You know, our sense of smell. Check out our synesthesia episode. Yes. Our sense of smell (laughs) works totally different than taste, hearing, touch, and vision. So those senses, like we have sensory input from the outside world, and then it goes to the thinking part of our brain and it puzzles it out and makes meaning. Mm -hmm. Smell is totally different. Mm -hmm. It does not go to the thinking part of our brain. It goes directly to the emotion and memory center of our brain. Okay, so my first instinct was to go to like why I like being outside and one of the biggest things is the smell of so I grew up out five acres trees west coast like that smell and when I go outside and like people have like mowed lawns and it's that 
it's a little different in housing community type places now, but that's a time that triggers that for me. Cause I'm like, I smell, smell like grass. grass. I smell fresh grass, grass, and like, like what? There's some waste memory does it bring up? Like being little? No, it, it's not even a memory. It's just it brings up a feeling of comfort, I think, and mm-hmm. I and I like it. So like, I want to sit in it, even though it's you know it's whatever. Interesting. So the sense of smell is totally different. It bypasses that consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that like reason and meaning making, and it goes right to emotion and memory. Because most things, like we would typically would associate that with like fight or flight, the um, the amygdala, like that that big emotion center part of the brain. Yeah, it goes straight there. Wow. So what this means is we're going to be influenced and not realize it, just like all that. Yeah, stretching like, stuff. I guess I'm gonna sit outside for 20 minutes and do nothing and have to <laughs> like what are you doing? Exactly. I just like it. Exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about. Right. Right. It's freaky. It's freaky, freaky AF. Or like even maybe like if you smell like your partner's like cologne or something on a pillow. That and, and it feels like a thing. Yeah, it feels thing. like a thing. But it's not a thing. But you're going to have that experience without the involvement of your conscious right. meaning making. Right. Part. You're not going to be like, I'm going to pull this pillow over so I can think about my partner. Right. You just smell it and you it's feel instant. It's instant. Yeah. So if thoughts aren't involved, then like, because I often hear that. Not often. I've heard that where it's like it pulls from your memories. Yeah. And emotion. But like memories to me are cognitive where feelings and emotions are... well it's not memory like oh i'm thinking about that time that i went to france right, 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 it, right. it's more like but i think bam. that's how most people think it's of bam. memory it's more like an image like so it's a like a physiological memory i it's think like the body it's like a, a snapshot versus a story mm-hmm. okay um, it's like a mood ring. It's like a mood past. ring. Yeah. With so, a smell. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does right now to me. So, of course, uh, brands, I've tried to capitalize on this. Wait, what? Brands, like big companies. Oh, okay. Big they've companies. tried to capitalize on this and they want to influence our purchasing behaviors. Ah, those sneaky. By creating memorable connections between the brand and us. Because it's not going to involve our, like, conscious brain where we're, yeah, like... just going to grab it and buy it. Yeah. We're, like, oh, I want to buy yeah. this because, like, I really need this and it's going to enhance my life and I can shopping. afford it. We just talked about thrift shopping and yeah. why do you need to buy... Those people at new places are manipulating you. They everything, are. everything from when you walk in the store to when you leave. You did talk about that. I did. I did the psychology of shopping. Right. So here's an example of this. Companies uh, hire researchers, scientists, to create a signature scent for them. I had no idea this was happening. For them personally? For the brand. Oh, okay. So when you walk into the store, you aren't aware of it, but they're wafting this smell. So Nike, as an example, has a signature scent that was designed to smell like 
What do you think? A basketball? A rubber basketball. What the fuck? As it scrapes across the court and... Oh, so it's like that kind of burnt rubber smell. And a soccer cleat in grass and dirt. I do the... Do you smell that when he's on I instantly said those things and I smelt it. Right, it's powerful. (laughs) So the burnt rubbers, I like rubber, like when you go into the tire store... You love that? I love that smell. That and I love the popcorn that they serve. That's great for me. See, that would work for you. That works for like, me. Like, here's Macy. They're Let's like, start pumping the popcorn and rubber scents. They're like, okay. Uh, like, like, I want a set of four right are you now. Are dropping your car off for the oil change? <laughs> are you waiting? I'm a waiter. I'm waiting. I'm Two waiting. hours, no problem. No problem. You got? Hey, I see you getting low. You're like... Which in movie theaters they used to pump the popcorn smell into the theater. They did get people to buy more. You know, um, I like the smell of tar weirdly. No, that's not a bad one. It's not my favorite, but it's not a bad one. But when I smell it, I'm like, oh, that's a pleasant smell. Well, the, the, and, and you mentioned the cleats in the dirt. Like to me, that's like that. That's yeah. like the mode smell. It's like there's like a dirt, like a oh gosh, what would the word be? Um, like an earthy. Yeah. Grass. No. So the idea is they create this connection because you're going to be smelling that. You're going to be having an emotional experience. The and then you're going to love Nike and want to buy all their shit. So that's the idea. I mean, that didn't happen. But... They're not the only brands. Right. Like other companies are doing Do you know what I found out? And I hate to say this. because So one buy used. I've been by. This is a used Volcom shirt. Thrift store. These are used vans. Yeah, my my shirt. I just got a thrift store yes. on yesterday. So I found out though. I was like researching into because I like Vulcan a lot, and uh, like in at some point, uh, Gucci bought them out. So if you buy new Vulcan stuff, it's actually owned by Gucci. Gucci, Gucci, is- Louis, Louis, Fendi, Fendi, Prada. Basis bitches, bitches wear that shit, so I don't even bother. Right. But if you buy, I have no Christian Bayer. I don't even know. That. I didn't know even who that was. I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> so buy used, uh, because you're probably more likely to buy things. Well, I'm just like there's too much shit in the world. No, legit, way too much. So the sense of smell is the only fully developed sense a fetus has in the womb. Ew. Ew. It's in there smelling shit. Ew. I don't want to smell that. And it remains Let the most know. developed sense we have until we're 10 years old. Ooh, I like that. And that's when which set which uh sense takes over. Your sixth sense ghosts. I saw that. And sight. Oh, that makes Unless sense. you're you start to see things um, for real. I have you know vision issues. So I did until high school and I did not know it. I just eventually told my dad that, oh yeah, by the way, senior year, I told my dad, oh, by the way, in the back row of the class, I can't see. He's like, what do you mean? And I go in and I'm like, oh, I can't see past my hands. <laughs> and I've been thriving. <laughs> I got glasses and contacts. Now I have PRK so I can see things. I can see the world. That's... They burn your eyeball. It smells horrible. It smells horrible. Have you smelled burnt eyeball? No, I have not. It stayed in my dad's car for two weeks. I've smelled rotten eyeball, though. That needs more more explanation than mine does. What? When I was in elementary school, 
we often would take field trips to San Francisco to the Science Museum. On one of these field trips, we spent some time at the exhibit that dissected a cow eyeball. Mm-hmm. One of my classmates decided to take the eyeball after wrap it in paper towel and put it in his pocket. Like you stole it? I don't know. That's called stealing. And it is. It at is. Some it point, is. So, you know. Several late hours later, while we were on the bus back across the bay, it started to stink of high fucking heaven. I'm so sure bad did. that the bus driver pulled over and was like, what the fuck's going on here? There's obviously a dead body in there. So we had eventually learned that he had the, and cow eyeballs were like this big. That he got the whole. He had the whole eyeball wrapped in paper towel in his pocket and it was in rotting. His pocket. And it was rotting. That's so he was forced to throw it away. He was actually upset about it, I remember. I'd be upset too. I mean, if I put that much effort in, but it's gross. So I know what that smells like. Burning eyeball was weird. That was one thing that, like, it was, it changed my life. I could see again. I never, I didn't have to deal with putting contact. It was so much good, but I never before. Did it smell pleasant? No. Okay, it wasn't like a smell. No, it was like you're smelling your own cremation is what it felt like. And it was horrifying. Oh, disturbing. It's one of the few times I've ever had, like, a panic attack at a doctor's office. And they give you, like, this, like pillow to hold because it's only minutes it was like three minutes long that's an eternity but you see it happening your eyes are open and you're watching it happen no, I don't and smelling it do they like hold your eyeball open they put on these plants what like orange, orange uh what can they call? orange what's that movie orange is the new black no what uh, the classic orange clockwork orange thank you okay where they oh yeah like, no it thank was, you it is literally that and you can't blink and they, they it's like a laser and they sh- i'm probably so, good so prk difference between prk and lasik lasik they um peel up the cornea i don't want anything they in my eyeball the alteration they put it back and it heals really quick PRK, which is what I had to do, there's no peeling up and putting back. They just burn off. Why? So I can see again. But it didn't work, right? It did. I can see. But don't I have a squiggle? What? I said you had a squiggle. Are you talking about the little dots? There? Yeah. I actually haven't had those in a while. I had, I'm wondering if they just kind of went away over time. Okay. But it was a few years ago that I did, I had a couple of black dots that it, on a white wall or something I'd see kind of float. Little floaties, yeah. I got paranoid though that I couldn't see as well. I went to an eye doctor and I'm like, I, It's been a few years since I had it, and he's like, Your eyes are healthy and you can see fine. And shut up. And he said, You have good young eyes. And I said, Did you see my age on the paper or are you judging me by my hoodie? And I left and I felt underserved. Well, I felt underserved when I went to Costco to have an eye exam. No, I had a drop in there. Um, I had an eye exam by somebody that I will judge them for this. You they were wearing cargo shorts. That counts. There's too many pockets. What is he at? At Costco. If the man has full cargo pant pockets, then obviously there's a need. I don't know if I want my ophthalmologist to be carrying his work-related cargo in his pockets. I kind of do. I don't know why, but I'm going to stand for it. I felt like I did not get my needs addressed that day what were your needs i can fucking you know i can't fucking see she's still blind because 
I went to the doctor and he goes, you can see fine. Liar. And I went, is it? Maybe that's what happened to me recently. Are you sure? Like at nighttime, I'm like, "Mm." Like, are you sure? Because I feel like I can't see. He's like, yeah, you can see fine. And if we do anything, it's just going to make it worse. So just bye. And then he put his hands in his cargo shorts and walked away. He should not touch his cargo shorts during an appointment. So that was my experience at Costco. I think that's an ethical boundary. At the eye center. So um, let's go back to smell. Oh, yeah. We, we right. spent a lot of time on eye. I don't know why. But we're actually, I, don't, I don't know why. We're actually talking about <laughs> well, I smell what my, the nose knows. I, to be fair, I smelled my eye burn. <laughs> that's fine. Oh, my God. Everything's connected. Right. So... We've established smell and emotion are so closely linked. It's like it's a pasta dish. But did you know that smell and emotion are stored as one memory? You cannot separate them. That makes sense. So there's this. So since we have fetal till ten, that smell is your main jam. That in this period. You're going to create the basis for smells that you will like and hate for the rest of your life. There's no seven-year rollover like your taste buds? Is no, that a myth? That's it. I've looked up so many things recently that I've been told as a child, and most of them have been true. One of them being when it's clear outside, it's colder. That is true. So I wanted to show you um, the old factory bulb. It's right here. This is where it exists. Oh, I know the word olfactory. It's right. Did you just pull it back like it, I would have your vision? You were like adjusting. No, I just didn't want you to get too close. I'm like freak you out. No, I don't know. It's just too close. So <laughs> it's right here. It's like right above the nose. It's like in between the eyeballs at the top of the nose. So you have to be careful of this area because it's very easy to damage, apparently. Mm. And then it'll fuck up everything. Did you know, this was something I learned, that every person has a unique scent. It's like a fingerprint. Is that related to pheromones? Because I read something about that. There's a large genetic component to body odor. Mm. That's why you can sniff out your relatives. Ew. But you can. Ew. There's Ew. Been I never once thought I could sniff study out. Study upon study where individuals. How many people are studying this first? Are time? identified by scent alone. How many were related to Freud? No, these are recent. Like who's smelling their family members? Well, no, you you can tell. What? Mm. Oh my god! I just I lost my smell them. Okay. But it's uh, subconscious. So I've been told it's subconscious. I've been told in the past that that because I've never like historically been a like perfume wearer, but I've been told before that that my smell to a partner was attractive and I never I was like that's weird because like to me it was well I don't wear well or else you wouldn't be together for real if they think you stink you're not not gonna be together but like there's like like you said like there's a 
No, you have to be attractive to the same. There's something, yeah. That, that. Interestingly, hopefully my ex-husband never listens to this. Nobody does. Listen. But it's after we broke up, after like being together for 13 years, his smell changed to me. <gasps> no, you know what's it? I know someone who told me something similar that that they there was a what was it a medication change that they had that all of a sudden made their partner smell different and it changed their entire no, smell is a huge part of attraction and but we're often not aware of it I because think, if it's good it's good you're not going to be aware of that's it so funny that yeah that's one of the things like right now like with my uh now husband when I like lay next to him one of my favorite things that is so dumb or I feel dumb for it is like I just want to put my head on his arm and smell <laughs> yeah but that could change and that'll change attraction oh uh-huh, but that's probably part of the like attraction is the smell like yeah and it could be conscious or it could be unconscious that, so like, garage gritty smell oh my god oh, oh no so emotions have a scent. It's okay. I didn't have love and also fear. So we've all heard the tales of you like you can smell fear. Yeah. It's actually research backed. I believe that. So s- smelled emotions can be contagious. So here's what I was this is like the part I was most fascinated by about this topic. So say you go to a location and you feel like edgy, like Mm -hmm. I feel a bad situation. It could be because somebody just left there that experienced fear and you're smelling their fear. I believe that places, and I think this is, because I'm not an energy person, not. And yet I will 100% say that I've been in a space that I can tell has had a conflict in it recently. And then I find out that there was like something I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I didn't like how that felt. Well, here's the science behind that. Right. Somebody left five minutes ago that felt scared. They were exuding that and were smelling it. It's a survival thing. And it's contagious. Not and not even contagious. It's it's it's, we are biologically linked to be connected. No, it's contagious in the way that we're smelling it, and then it makes us feel that emotion. Yeah, because we are communicating as a species that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Isn't that fucking interesting? That's fucking interesting. So that's fucking interesting. In my opinion, I like your opinions. Go ahead. Smell and also our sense so both like what we're picking up from others and what we give off is our superpowers humans i like it now here's where i'm gonna get a little just for a second a little conspiracy theory can i pause yeah okay so i think it's true because you said as humans but i think with pets so like with my cats i never thought i'd be a cat person however you have so many fucking cats you've crossed the line of cat person one of the things you're over the hedge that nugget does that none of the other cats do so she comes up and like she's learned how to so like i give her a kiss like and so she started to do it but she does it and she like hovers and she it's like she's smelling and then she stops 
But whenever I'm anxious or upset, she like comes to me like that's any other time if I'm good, she's not there. So I feel like other well, emotional support animals are a real thing. Right, right, right. And, yeah. then, and that's where I think the validity, like, it's there because they can also sense maybe perhaps by smell, too, yeah. that we are in a, sen- or a certain space. I've seen so many, like, dogs that, like, can sense their owners are about to have a seizure right. and, like, alert yeah. them so they're able to, like, sit on the floor or call for help or whatever it is. Well, yeah, and that's, like, the fact that that's even a thing is so... Cool. So I'm just gonna get a conspiracy I'm for a second. Okay, let's just say I'm gonna say it just for the for, sake of the convo for shits and giggles, as I said ten years ago, created in a lab. Let's just say that. Okay. Oh, that COVID. Okay, okay. So Got it. the people creating it would want to have it have a negative impact, obviously, unless I had it. Right. So what was one of the COVID symptoms? No. You lose your sense of smell. Right. So if sense of smell is critical for being aware of your surroundings and being able to function at a high level, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be something? I mean, me, if I was a dastardly evil research scientist, I'd be like, let's take away their sense of smell. You would be a dastardly. I would. You would be. Yeah. Yes. I I got it. And I, I think I only had a day. Like, it was just like a day where I'm like, I don't know if I can taste and smell as well. But it was kind of like when you have a cold. Here's how I played out with me. I could smell everything just fine, except, weirdly, Stella's poopy diapers. That's great. Which was fine. I know. I'm like, all right, backfired, motherfuckers. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm like, I'll change her. Give her over. Vaccine, what? <laughs> Give me another. Yeah, no. Um, that may, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to share another piece of interesting research. They should have made us all like cut grass and, uh, I don't know. Rubber. Burp, jock rubber. straps. I don't know. Ew. It's a smart jock strap. I don't even know what Athletes that is. with what jock. Is, what is a jock strap? It holds your. If you have penile junk, it like keeps them all up, so they're like tight to the body. And we're dated because you don't want them swinging out there because you can get them um, like loose? kicked. You don't want them loose, so like sucks them up. So it's like a thong for men. Well, in the back, it's a thong. In the back, it it is it is, but the but the most important part is in the front where it, same. it cradles same your jump and protects it. Does. It doesn't cradle. I mean, depending on the thong. I I've never experienced any cradling. I mean, we don't have much to cradle, but what? But I've never felt a did, sense of safety. I never feel a sense of safety down there. What? <laughs> I like big fucking underwear, to be honest. Like, I like I like, I like booty big booty shorts, fucking shorts, underwear, like boxer brief. That style. if my Agreed. outerwear disintegrated, that I'd be fine. I could walk around; these could be short. Exactly. I've seen girls wear less. That's I've seen twelve year olds at the fucking that's where I'm at. Like. I'm like, you know, it's underwear or it's necessary wear. I, I heard that like. The whale tail is desirable. I'm like, but what if the whale eats the fucking tail? Then what? 
then it's then we're fucked. Then we're fucked. You're gonna like this research though. Good. Okay, going back to love and smells. Great. Certain scents married, so. make us more attractive to potential partners. <laughs> so the aroma of grapefruit has been scientifically proven okay. to make people appear younger. I have a thing with this. But grapefruit's the one thing that if you're on an antidepressant, it makes the antidepressant less effective. Well, I'm not saying you have to do it. Well, I'm just saying maybe people with depression or antidepressants need to be cautious about eating grapefruit. No, it's not eating it. It's wearing the scent. Well, but you smell like grapefruit. Grapefruit's a potent citrus smell. But if you wear the a scent of grapefruit. Who does that? Who looks for grapefruit smell? Nobody then does. Nobody does, right? you will be perceived. This is research backed as younger and if you wear a spicy and floral scent you will be perceived as four pounds slimmer isn't that interesting (laughs) i think i have a floral thing on it's like a mixture but it has to be spicy too spice some spice spicy mean like some spice you know some spice i'm not i'm new to this world just a little spice i don't know i don't know frankincense frankincense maybe a little mirror Ooh. Or myrrh. I don't know. I'm a Jew. I, I'm not into the frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> it's so kind of. I think it's evolved in the nativity Christian, situation. Christian shit. So those are just two researches I that I pointed out. Shit. You said Catholic something. They're, I forget. You know what? Hey, our, our tribes are tribe. You love us or you don't. So that's it. Uh, smell is our superpower. You can actually... It brings memory. So they said, if you want to enhance your superpower, what you need to do is, as you're consciously going through your day, consciously note scents. And it will enhance your superpower. It made me think of gummy bears. It's definitely floral. Which would be like a childhood thing, would be eating gummy bears. Fruity, right? But, like, just set your nose there and smell. But I'm bad at, like, when I go wine tasting, they're like, oh, it's got but no, no, the odor of chocolate and walnut. And I'm like, I don't have any of that. You need to just sit with it. Let it sit. It's fruity and floral. What do you feel? I feel a little buzzed. Me too. Cheers. Cheers. Happy 200. Okay, my topic on a deeply DDT well, meter. Well, anytime people are killed, I got to rate it pretty high. So I'm going to do an the, eight. Like shame and guilt factor if you don't, right? So you say eight? Yeah. Well, people are, you know, murdered. We've got to value human life and whatnot. I would say that mine, I, I, I mean, and I, also, I feel like it was a missed case. Like people could have intervened early. Well, like why calling them Igor? And shit. Sixty to one hundred eighty people not classified because they might be sex workers. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say a four, <laughs> only because you weren't personally like impacted. I wanted to be more impacted. He lived. Me. He lived here, though. No, but like I didn't grow up here. Not my era, not my time. I didn't sleep in truck beds. I don't know. I did. Like, I felt like I, I over-identified. I mean, I get, like, I'm going to put like a, I'm going to, if it's, like, how disturbed are you for your friend? 9.5, I've heard of you sleeping under axes. 
So I'm genuinely. No, I think I texted you you the next day. I'm like, so this is my night. No, no, no. You texted me that night. (laughs) While I was there? You while you were there. Thank God I had cell service. Because we had a rule at the time that you would let me know. This was 2015, my year of going fucking crazy. Right. You you were like, hey, by the way, and I'm pretty sure you sent me a picture of the axe above the bed. If you could find that picture. I have a few phones <laughs> in at this point, but yes, I hope I. That was could. when I left the room for a minute, and I I was like, "What did I? Fuck I, am I, I doing?" Right, you sent me a picture, and there was an axe over the. No, we had bed. two. There was a cross and right above the bed, and you were like, "Just in case." This is in the woods, also. Right in the middle of nowhere, and you're like, "Just in case," and I responded back, "Why are you still there?" <laughs> like, what the. Fuck. Like legitimately an axe in the middle of nowhere with someone you've never met before. Also, where I felt hungry, like I kind of had felt that I was going to get dinner out of the situation, but we're in the middle of nowhere. There was no dinner. He didn't did, feed you because you no, had dinner. He did feed me, but here, here's what he did. He pulled out of his refrigerator, wrapped in foil, a fucking dead bird. Like full dead bird, like that he had shot. Hunters like have their like. Here's my veal. He had shot that day, and he's like, "Well, I have this." What was it? It was some fucking dead bird. Have like a a side dish. It was no couscous. There's no like frozen pot pie. It was a a fucking full dead bird, like recently killed. No beaten cheese, frozen that he prepared for the meal. Oh, 2015. For a meal in 2015. Well, 2015. before COVID. 2015. This was choice. Did he have toilet paper? He, was he did. He was prepared. Then. He did. No. He worked. Great. He worked for the forest or something. As they do with fucking axes above their bed. Nobody should do that. That's threatening towards women. Just so you know, if you're like, "Gee, should I do that?" No, the wrong. Could knock that down. It's dangerous. You don't know. You don't know what my alarm bells are broken. Did they use a stud find? I'd be like, did you use a stud finder when you put that axe on the wall? If you didn't, I can't. Sorry. Well, I realized that when I was already too in into the situation. You know what I mean? At that time, yeah. yeah. Too late. You're already. It's too late. I was already in. Yeah. It was only shortly after that that you had the the green matcha tea all over yourself on your wife. Was that outfit. the same year? It was the same year. Yeah, yeah. Twenty fifteen. You had a God year. Damn it. You had a year. That time. was the same year. It was the same year. Wow. Yeah, that was. That's like, like my reference of like told. when I was like when I really felt like I I had it there for you. Year it was definitely that year. That was that that was the year that you were like, "Hey, I might need some help." sounds like sounds like it oh you're under the desk i'll be there it was rough well it's because i went through a bad breakup in 2014 so 2015 was my year of like uh you know he boomerang 2014 i boomerang too hard was my like are you okay and then 2015 was the like she ain't okay like i need to keep tabs with your tracker no i was like i'm gonna just do whatever that was my whole thing she didn't respond to me in 15 minutes. I'm a little worried. <laughs> now I don't hear from you until the podcast. I'm okay because I know you're safe. No, but I would check in if I'm like in a potential. No, absolutely. I you would. have to if you're in a yeah. potential. I just haven't been in any. So that's called. If you're in a potential, that means there's an axe above the bed. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. 
and he made a fucking peacock for dinner. I don't even know what kind of bird it was. It could have been I a know, peacock. I'm saying that it's probably, it was about this size. It's probably quail, you know, the shit that runs across the road. It was not a satisfying meal. I will also say that. I you ate it. I, yeah, I was fucking hungry. Uh, fucking hungry. I don't know what it was. It was his car. Probably fucking pigeon. He <laughs> forestry service. He probably just lived <laughs> in the forestry as a service. All right. Until next time. Until next time. Um, Red flags, they're not probably like true but they are like hey like i don't I mean, know sometimes stereotypes are based on some reality i mean somebody experienced it do you want to be that person yeah I and mean, that's the thing about stereotypes like sometimes you'll hit on like okay that's exactly yeah. that until next time that thread of truth could be you and uh stop the small roses <laughs> that was so cheesy Stop the small roses. <laughs> that was so cheesy. <laughs>